Hi, this is Lauren Godan, and I'm called Nola Food Goddess. Not by me, somebody else called me that, but that's my handle on Instagram and all the social media. And this is a podcast version of Let's Eat. So I thought I'd begin by talking about what kind of what's on my brain in food and dining in New Orleans right now. And it's so funny because I remember way back when, uh, many, many years ago, before, right before I went to culinary school in Europe, so in 1989, and before that, I used to watch every morning PBS, and I used to, uh, not every morning, every Saturday morning, I would be on P- watch PBS cooking shows, and I used to love Justin Wilson and uh, the Great Chefs series, uh, mostly Great Chefs of New Orleans, but also Chicago and San Francisco. And even the music was amazing. Uh, really hilarious, great music for each one of those shows. But Justin Wilson is in my brain, is on my heart today. And I don't know exactly why, but if you are of a certain age and you'll remember Justin Wilson's cooking show and he was this really interesting sort of Cajun character wearing this pale blue work shirt, red suspenders, and then um, attached to like just basic chinos and everyday kind of pants. And he would do a lot of, I guess, what he called little Cajunisms, And so he used to say, I'm glad for you to see me, I guarantee. And that used to make me laugh because I've never heard anyone say that before. And then he would use really funny language um, when talking about food. So he used to say, P-I-G hog, and he would call fish, flish. And he had this whole thing. So it made me wonder of, about this character, this idea, this cult of personality that I kind of ascribed to more contemporary chefs. So I think of uh, cult of personality chefs kind of, um, you know, Maddie Matheson and um, some of the other, I mean, even Emeril, who I adore, uh, you know, they become more of a personality and we, we almost shift our focal point off of the food and the cooking uh, into this personality, Guy Fieri, Um, you know, just all of them. And I don't know, I'm a food person and I love to cook. And so this cult of personality thing, especially the current version of it, has really bugged me. But guess what? It's gone. It's not new at all. And um, it made me also think about why in the world did I get into this to begin with? Like what got me into cooking? What got me excited about this industry to begin with. And the whole thing about food writing came so much later. Um, I mean, who knew that food writing was a career? I mean, I I didn't, I can guarantee you that. Um, And uh, I went to this culinary program uh, because my husband was going to law school in Paris. And I was like, hey, you're not going out without me. And I got accepted into a a pretty Tony program and uh, at the Ritz Escoffier in Paris. And it was a, ma- a really incredible experience. I mean, it was really intense and it was really difficult and it was really fun. But I digress. What even got me there to even apply? So I used to watch the Saturday morning PBS cooking shows. And the one that just sticks in my brain, the episode, the thing that was the turning point, was one morning I was watching uh, Jeremiah Tower, who was a chef with Alice Waters at Chez Panisse. And there was, they used to have a, a there was a, a cooking segment, a cooking show that was on. And one morning, 
there was Jeremiah Tower, really tall, very handsome, handsome man uh, in his starched white chef's jacket. And he is standing in front of a spit, uh, a rotisserie spit, and a big lamb leg is turning. And he reaches down and he grabs this big, giant, like, frond of collection of rosemary sprigs that he has dunked into like some type of a either a fat or an au jus or some type of a basting liquid and he's taking that rosemary brush and he's swiping back and forth across this incredible brown crusty rotating lamb leg and I'm staring at the tv and thought okay this is what I want to do this is this is me. This is this is where I'm at, and I don't think that today um, cooking <laughs> is quite like that. I hope people are equally inspired in their own way. Um, but it made me laugh. It made me giggle to remember why did I get here? How did I get here to begin with? And so, my view, my I guess my lens on the food scene in New Orleans comes from that space and that place it's you know maybe different than some other people are doing and certainly different than the contemporary mode of um you know of instagram and social media which is you know very kind of close-up pictures and a lot of things i that's just not how i look at the world i mean i try to keep up with it in a certain way but i still do it through my own lens i don't jump on the you know on the trends all the time and I'll talk in a little bit about a trend that recently is happening. It's just really, I don't know, it just kind of lit my butt on fire. I don't know any other way to say it. But let me tell you about where what I've been eating in the last couple of weeks is I think that'll be fun for you to know. Um, there is a restaurant nearby my house, and it's called Anatolia. And it is a Turkish restaurant. And the food there is really, really spectacular. Uh, the falafel are green on the inside, crispy on the outside. I like a green interior falafel. That means they've used a lot of fresh herbs, and that just makes me really happy, and they're very nice. I will say that my favorite falafel right now is from a restaurant called Saj on Magazine Street. Theirs are a little bit less, uh, fried a little bit lighter than the ones at Anatolia, and the uh, interior's got a lot of garlic. I mean, I love that. I thought they were wonderful at Saj. Again, I digress. Anatolia has, they do their own house-made uh, flatbread. It is somewhere between a crust between a flatbread and a pita bread. And very nice, very lovely, almost even got a non kind of vibe to it. And they do uh, more, I guess, true to the Turkish cuisine style food. So you get, you know, you can get doner and you can get shish kebab and you can get shawarma and adana kebab, which I love, which is a mince that is uh, shaped and it is a little bit spicy. It's a lamb, sh- a shaped lamb um, mince or ground, if you want to call it, that is um, shaped on a skewer. And it's like these little lumps that have got, that are, the way you shape it is you kind of mold around it, almost like you would make ravioli, <laughs> strangely enough. It's like pressed and it has like these little lumps. And it's very, it's spicy and it has a little bit of that gaminess of lamb and it's real, uh, in a good way. And it's very delicious. Uh, the fresh, pickled vegetables on the side their hummus is nice so anatolia is on magazine street i think at about maybe seventh or eighth and 
Very nice. I, I would go there a lot, to be honest with you. Also, I ate last week from um, a pop-up sort of delivery, kind of ghost kitchen experience from Eman Lubier. Uh, he is a chef. He used to own Dante's Kitchen. Before that, of course, he worked at Commander's Palace. He has a, an incredible palate and a really cool history. He's launched Blue Pot Pop-Up, and I ordered from him. You get a weekly email, and the email is just terrific. Eman will often uh, spend the bulk of the email talking about something very personal, some connection, some reason that he created the menu that is that week's menu. And the first week that I ordered, it happened, he was reminiscing about his grandmother and cooking with her. And it really touched my heart. And I, because it was, it reminded me of my own personal experience. And of course, you know, I think that is the way of food is that when it touches our hearts or touches our, you know, mind in some kind of a way and takes you back, it's that Anton ego moment. If you ever watched the movie Ratatouille, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say the Anton ego moment. It's when Anton ego, the restaurant, the food critic of in that movie, takes a bite of some ratatouille and he goes whooshing back in time and he remembers about eating ratatouille as a child um in his grandmother at his grandmother's table and i think that those kinds of moments are really special not only for the diner but of course for the chef too because i think ultimately that is a lot of the reason why a lot of these cooks do what they do and eman i know for sure we've talked about it uh in particular so his email was incredible. He's talking about his grandmother. He's talking about making kreplach with his grandmother. And if you don't know what kreplach is, it is a type of a, a dumpling. A, you want to call it a wonton, but you don't make a wonton skin and you really can't make pasta. You really kind of, the dough is very special. It's a little softer, kind of falls into the, you know, chicken and dumplings, kind of a dumpling. It's a little softer. And then it was filled and, um, and they were floating in this just incredible chicken broth. And, uh, boy, it made me happy. He also did some really nice lasagna that my husband loved and, uh, miso crusted salmon that I loved, but he gets a weekly, you get a weekly newsletter, uh, blue pot pop-up. Look that one up. I think that is worth checking out even to get the newsletter, just to read where Eman's head is. He's just such a smart and interesting guy uh, as a chef. Uh, just terrific. I also ordered from uh, Cucina Nola, which is another pop-up doing Filipino food and was really cool. I picked up the a box on a Saturday and it was filled with uh, lumpia, which are like I guess you might want to call them an egg roll. I think that's what they kind of are, but they're thinner. And these were shrimp and pork lumpia and adobo, chicken adobo that has a little bit of vinegar uh, flavor to it and a little bit of soy sweetness and really nice stewed chicken, more or less is what it was. Uh, beautiful amount of nice sticky rice. And <clears throat> there was a mango salad that went alongside of it. And then some crispy pork belly and the whole thing was you know priced beautifully it was fed two people very very easily and there was also um, a kale and a coconut milk just generous portions of all of these things and even came with the banana leaves which you can lay out uh, on a plate or if you want to put it on a board or just serve it right on the banana leaves I, I really dig that I thought that was nice and the food was great I also hit five happiness recently 
in New Orleans, Five Happiness, almost everybody knows where it is. It's a Chinese restaurant on Carrollton, almost at the I-10. And, you know, it's funny. uh, It's very American Chinese food, but there's a couple secrets. (laughs) One of them is their Peking duck, which for the price is, well, it's about the best deal you can imagine. And it comes properly like separated from the skin, which is crispy and the skin's kind of draped over all of their, all the meat and the breast meat. And it's a whole duck and the legs are just crisp and exterior and tender, delicious duck meat. And it's, and it comes with all the pancakes. And these are the junky kind of pancakes. These are not lovely homemade artisan flour. These are just sort of almost on the verge of a tortilla. And then of course it comes with their own plum sauce or like a hoisin and, um, you can, and also, uh, some scallions. So you can make your own sort of a, you know, a burrito, if you will, you, you know, put a pieces of duck and some of the crispy skin and some of the scallions. And if you dig the hoisin and you roll that all up and well, it's really delicious there. They do a great job and it's a great price point for a whole duck feeds easily two to four people. Um, my husband and I've done it as two. And then uh, we've had friends join us, another couple and four of us. And it was just fine. It feeds all of us and also, their mushu, their mushu vegetables are excellent. They're crisp, they're fresh, it's nice, it's not overly sauced, uh, it's not already coated in a bunch of hoisin. Uh, one of the things that they do very, very well at Five Happiness is their mushu, ve- their mushu, I like the mushu vegetable, but you can get it with pork or chicken or a combination. And I love the Peking duck. And I love the tiki bowls and the tiki bowls there come in that giant yellow tiki bowl with the flame in the middle and it's sweet. And let me tell you full of booze and you know, you just have to shed your mind, your mind. It's no fancy cocktail. Okay. This is like Hawaiian punch and booze more or less, but it's really fun and really good. And it's a great time. So if you want to do something a little fun, a little bit different, Hit five happiness for that Peking duck and their mushu vegetables and tiki bowls and then and call it a meal. I also went out to R&O. R&O is an old school New Orleans, well, it's located in Bucktown. It's a New Orleans style plate lunchy kind of place. They're known for their po' boys and some of their Italian food. Secretly, very well known for their pizza, which, by the way, is pretty damn good. And... um. It's funny because the, one of the things I love from there is a big giant salad. It's nothing more than an iceberg salad. It's iceberg lettuce, right? Zero nutritional value, all the crunch, really good. You know what I'm talking about. It's an iceberg salad, lettuce salad with tomatoes and diced bits of celery and onion and bell pepper, green bell pepper, and then they can throw in it shrimp. So this one's called the shrimp salad and it's boiled shrimp. And I mean, New Orleans style boiled shrimp. So it's a little bit of spice to it. It's not just plain boiled shrimp. And then they toss the whole thing in a creamy Italian dressing that's thinned out and a little on the vinegary side. And they toss the whole thing. It's gargantuan about, I want to say a $14 salad, but it is giant, easily serves two people 
although I am not a sharer on that one. So I eat that one by myself, although I almost never finish the whole thing. And it comes with a hard cooked egg cut in half. And you know, listen, is this a jammy centered, perfectly done, beautiful, hard cooked egg? No, it's a refrigerated hard cooked egg. It might even be a little gray on the edges of the yolk. Just deal with it. You know, come on. Sometimes you just have to let things roll past you. But the salad is fantastic. And then they do their own house-made tamales. Now, when you talk about tamales in New Orleans, you can you got to be real specific. So these are of the style, more of the Manuel's hot tamale style. And if you're from here and you're, again, of an age, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're not, what I mean is that it's way less masa. It's much more meat and the... Um, sauce that it's in is a little more of a chili spiked and it's very, very spicy. And these aren't wrapped in banana leaves or corn husks. They're rolled into paper and they, and the chili, the sauce that's underneath it, everyone just loves it. I mean, you even, some people even keep it around and put it on their fries or whatever, but the tamales themselves are well, they're just great. And uh, they hold their shape when you uh, take them out of the wrapper. And they're predominantly ground meat with, a, I guess, barely held together by some masa and very spicy. Fantastic. Really, really good. So I had a bunch of those. Uh, and we had an order of those. I think we got a half dozen. And then I got my fabulous salad. And then, of course, Andre got his shrimp po' boy. And they do their uh, their po' boys at R&O on this uh, Italian uh, seeded bread. It's it's a French style bread, but it's a little bit more crusty and it has sesame seeds on the top. So it's kind of a crisscross between an Italian seeded bread and a French bread. Wonderful. Great place to go right out of the lakefront in Bucktown. Uh, you know, uh, old is new as far as I'm concerned. I think that, uh, yeah, new is, uh, new stuff is cool, but old school is really cool. And that's what I have to say about that. I also worked on a recipe. Um, I made some uh, chalupas with chicken chili verde uh, because you know, I'm working on a um, on, an, <laughs> on a Cinco de Mayo piece, and I was giggling to myself looking at you know what people make for Cinco de Mayo and what people think Cinco de Mayo is. And when we get there, I'll spend more time on it. But let's just say it is not Mexican independence and it's all about eating Puebloan food. And so chalupas, when you make them right, I'm not talking about those puffy things that you get at Taco Bell, which by the way, are pretty darn good on their own, but they've got nothing to do with that. Uh, make your own chalupas are really fun. And uh, you can look for that in Inside New Orleans magazine and the uh, issue coming out, I think it's uh, our May issue and it's in there. Also on that same, tr- talking about the same thing and the chalupa and corn tortillas, Maui, M-A-W-I, corn tortillas, freshly made corn tortillas out in Metairie. If you've never gone there and gotten their homemade fresh corn tortillas and put them in your car and let the warmth of those freshly made corn tortillas steam up your windows. And then I'll, you know, if you're anything like me, I ate like, you know, I don't know, six, you know, just sitting like just before I got out of the driveway of the, of the little strip mall on that where I got them. I mean, holy smoke way out in Kenner kind of area on West Esplanade, just incredible. Maui Tortilleria, they have bunches of other things that they sell there. But for me, it's about those tortillas. Uh, and, you know, I know we have also in Gonzales, uh, Ola Nola makes corn tortillas. Theirs are a little bit drier, nice, but I'm still, I like that soft, fresh corn tortilla. Um, 
that you can get at Maui. Uh, and uh, yeah, really digging on that. And then I also hit uh, Mais Arepas, which is a Colombian restaurant on Clio and what used to be called Carondelet. And I don't remember what it's currently. They just changed the name on me and I don't remember what it is. And Clio, by the way, here is known as CL10. So Carondelet and CL10 or Carondelet and Clio. Uh, Mais Arepas is a Colombian restaurant. Uh, David Monty and Matt Blevins, uh, they are life and business partners. The restaurant is phenomenal. The food is a very beautiful, modern interpretation of traditional Colombian dishes. So you will find things like Sancocho, but it's not it going to be kind of like a like cafe. It's pretty. They do a beautiful rendition of their Sancocho. It has all the ingredients of it. It's just a little fancier in style. And their arepas are, again, you know, corn. It's almost like a almost like a tortilla style because they split it open and they fill it with all kinds of meats and cheeses and beans and salsas and just everything they do at Maiz Arepas is, uh, that, that's just no bad thing. See, everything there is great. Everything from their salsas to their arepas to their brochettas to their soups. I love when they have it on the menu, the changua, which is a milk-based soup that is a chicken broth and milk and there's poached eggs in it. I know it sounds just crazy. It's a sort of a breakfast style soup and every now and again it appears on the menu and when it does, you have to have it. Uh, no, no, you know, normally when you have changua or this uh, type of a milk-based soup for breakfast, there's torn bread in it. Uh, at Maisa Repas, they do torn bits of their arepa so there's plantains and potatoes and different kind and yuca in also to fill it up i'm telling you this is a must do you've just got to go to maiz arepas and of course what they're known for is their corn um maiz de la rueda and if i'm saying this wrong y'all forgive me but or if my accent is terrible please also forgive me it is a mex it is colombian style street corn the sauce and the plate, well, it is delicious and it's a secret and they're not telling. And I have my guess, but my guess is too close to the what it really is. And I don't want to do anything to hurt them and uh, in any way because I want you to go and taste it and see if you can figure out what this sauce is made of. And when I tell you it's addictive, it's addictive. And, and the roasted corn and it's perfectly tender and then they give it a little bit of char on their grill and cover it in this beautiful street corn style sauce that they make a little fancier a heavy hand of cotija cheese on top lime wedges for squeezing over you guys it's a must go there and do it it is terrific um, in the way of a little bit of some news and what's going on in ice cream, I did do an a la minute, which will go up next week on uh, the radio stations for Cumulus, for whom I do these little vignettes. Uh, but I will tell you now, too, that the Creole Creamery is dropped their Mackenzie. It's Mackenzie's month, which means that all the flavors that they do are based on Mackenzie's bakery favorites. So you will find a blackout cake ice cream, you will find a turtle cookie ice cream, a lemon icebox pie, a petit four, um, they, petit four, I, I'm sorry, I 
use the French term there, petit four, uh, which by the way means little oven. Eh, you know, it's always fun to know a little something. Anyway, and that taste, in case you don't know, has an almond flavor to it. So it's an almond cake. Wonderful. Uh, in addition to that, they have done um, a glazed donut, a buttermilk drop, all of the things, I think most of the things that we think of if, again, we've been around a while and we know about Mackenzie's Bakery and what they're known for, they put those into ice cream flavors and they're really, really good. Worth your trial, worth your time trying. Um, also new uh, happening is that Lao Zi, that is uh, Sam Caruso, his really fun ice cream pop-up that has just sort of been a, a, a pandemic mega hit. Uh, he actually is now located in Blue Dot Donuts in their side door. They have an extra kitchen space there that he is now operating out of the, in his commercial kitchen and releasing daily flavors. And he changes them and it's all on done on social media. So you have to go follow his Instagram account to know what flavors are being released that day. And there's no pre-orders. You just, when he releases and he posts it on his Instagram, you get there and it's first come first served and they are worth it. The ice creams are incredibly well done. The texture on them is great. They're not super sticky sweet. They're, they're sweet, but they're not little cloying sweet. The texture on them is creamy. It's a project for him that he keeps on working on. And in his mind, he's getting better and better. I think he's been getting better and better since he started almost a year ago. And uh, the recent flavor I bought was called Salty Monkeys. It's a banana ice cream with crushed Oreos and a house. He makes his own salted caramel that is woven all through the ice cream. He hand packs it. It's just incredible. I know he recently dropped a strawberry ice cream that had pound cake. He makes all of these things himself and puts all these mix-ins in, makes everything. So what is his Instagram? It is L-A-O-Z-I period ice, I-C-E period cream. So lousy ice cream with the dots in the middle, look it up on Instagram and then keep an eyeball because he sells out really, really fast. Another pandemic hit, ice cream hit was, um, is, I shouldn't say because we're still there, Lucy Boone ice cream. And uh, Abby and Aaron, who own Lucy Boone, it's named for their baby Lucy, they began selling ice creams right around the same time that as Sam did last year, I guess, you know, everyone doing some, what they're doing banana bread or sourdoughs and there are a bunch of people doing ice creams. And so Abby started making ice creams. And I think one of the very first flavors, if I'm remembering correctly, was a key lime pie ice cream. And it had big chunks of key lime and it was tart and sweet. And there was a good amount of mix and it's really good. And then another one that dropped later was a peanut butter and chocolate. Well, they've expanded the flavors that they're doing and most importantly are now going to be in a location. Uh, they actually have a brick and mortar. It was a one-time restaurant called Thalia on the corner of Constance and Thalia, 1245 Constance Street. And um, the building is now going to be called, well, I guess the business is going to be called Here Today, which I think is really clever. Also on Instagram, uh, at Here Today Nola. And 
in addition to uh, having their ice creams, which you can get by the scoop and by uh, pints, they'll also have some other food there. I think some chicken sandwiches from Coquette, some wines. It's gonna. It looks like a little cafe that's gonna be running through the weekends from Fridays through Saturday, Friday through Sunday from noon to 8 p.m. And uh, you know, if, if you're not into ice creams, well, grab a chicken sandwich and a glass of wine or do what that would be great. But if you are, go check out these really neat ice cream drops. There's going to be, there's more. I know Rom House and that's R-A-H-M-H-A-U-S. I know they're on their way coming back. She's doing her ice creams that will be sold at Piece of Meat. If you don't know what that is, Piece of Meat is a butcher shop and mini market on Bienville at I think Rendon and there's more coming. I mean, people are doing some really neat stuff and ice cream seems to be one of those things that uh, has trended, if you will, but is they're doing, there's some really, really good flavors and clever people doing really nice stuff. So remember those, go to Creole Creamery, hit any of the locations for the McKenzie's drop. Make sure you get in, you know, check out Lousy Ice Cream, Sam Caruso and his flavors and then Lucy Boone, which is now going to be in the here today. And then, of course, keep your eyes out for Rom House. And I'll probably put something up. I do have um, Facebook and Instagram for Let's Eat. Uh, it's Let's Eat New Orleans on Instagram and just Let's Eat on Facebook. Or you can follow me at Nola Food Goddess. I put a lot of food stuff there as well. So we hit that one. Obviously, we're still in Lent. Make sure you get your fish dishes. My pick for this week is going to be, hmm, it's a tough one. I love the whole fish at Maiz Arepas. I love the fish tacos at Del Fuego. But I think my pick this week, I'm going to focus on Hobnobber Cafe. And I'm talking about the one in Metairie. It's on uh, West Metairie and Elise. There's a little strip mall there. It's a family style, family owned and run uh, little Italian cafe. Uh, the Timphony family owns it, Cindy and Troy Timphony and if their kids. You'll see Ryan always was there and Cindy's sister. I mean, it, it, it's just incredible. It's a great family run, family owned uh, business. And their trout amandine is, well, is just great. It's a nice size piece of trout that you can get grilled if you want, but it's really spectacular, deep fried, and it comes on a plate with Brabant potatoes that are really crispy on the outside and flowery, fluffy on the inside and garlicky. And then the amandine is lemony and there's tons of the slivered almonds. And well, you just have stepped back in time and the food is great and you get a salad along with it. And there are people in there that, you know, this, it, it kind of lends itself to a little bit of an older crowd, but it, you know, they're getting some younger people in there, but more importantly, there's that nostalgia associated with it that I really appreciate. I think most people do. And the food at the end of the day, what is it about? It's a food and the food is really, really nice and you get what you pay for and it's it just delicious. So my fish fry pick is Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie for their trout almondine it is really good. Um, finally, some notable things you need to know about in the week ahead. Cafe de Gas is added Thursday and Friday lunch. I think that's really neat. And I'm glad to see people, more and more people coming back. And Cafe de Gas is another one that's been around us on Esplanade um, in the Bayou St. John area. And it's so nice. Uh, French inspired cuisine, 
very well known for the vichyssoise. And please do not feel compelled to correct me. It is vichyssoise, not vichyssoise. If you feel like calling it that, well, rock on, but don't correct me because the correct way is vichyssoise, which is a cold potato soup, a potato and leek. They do a really lovely, thick, rich version at Cafe des Gars. So you get some nice, crusty French bread, a bowl of the vichyssoise. You're done. It's gorgeous. Wonderful. And now they're reopening for Thursday and Friday lunch. I love it. Uh, Norjo's out in Metairie, right near the train tracks and Metairie Road. They have sort of reimagined and reinvented themselves, uh, which I'm glad for because it's been around for a long time. It got a little sad. It's really got life breathed back into it. And they are doing Muffaletta Mondays. Again, if you check their Instagram feed, and you, they, they are constantly adding new and gorgeous things. And this Muffaletta Mondays, well, that Muffaletta looks uh, in really, really good. And they are known their muffalata uh, long ago used to have prosciutto on it. So I have to hit their muffalata Mondays myself to see what is this new fangled muffalata that they're doing. And But I can tell you that the pictures and the description on Instagram are enticing enough that it stuck in my brain. And I'm definitely going to go check that one out. An oyster loaf at Casamento's. Casamento's is on Magazine Street, almost at Napoleon, right next to Miss May's or the club, depending on uh, which has now got is painted purple and has more windows and front looking great over there as far as I'm concerned. So there's this like little teeny area. There's Casamento's, which is tile front, white and green. Right next door to it is um, a new coffee shop called Undergrowth. Really good coffee, I must say. I had a beautiful cortado from there. Um, and I, that I enjoyed. And then Miss May's slash the club right next to it. So that's like a little fun little trio right there. But Casamentos, not a single thing has changed. You go in, the raw oysters are amazing. They're cold. And of course, depending on where the, you know, what area they're coming from, they're going to have either be a little bit milky, a little bit briny. There might be uh, that funny color that uh, we've talked about. They call that a cock oyster. Um, meaning that it looks like a cockle, (laughs) not where my brain went. And um, they do their oyster loaves old school. And what what do I mean? Pan bread, which some people might refer to as Texas toast. It's a thick cut white bread. And their version of an oyster loaf is a giant, is, is this sandwich made with this thick cut white bread that they put butter, mayonnaise, lettuce, tomatoes if you want, pickles, you know, dressed how you like. I am butter and lettuce and hot sauce only kind of gal. Fried oysters. I mean, pot cooked fried oysters. Okay. We're not deep frying in here. They have black pots on the stove. They are pot frying oysters. So they are crispy on the outside, gluten-free because they do only cornmeal, which is gluten-free. No, that's really special if, unless you, if you ask me. Anyway, they're crispy and golden on the outside then just slightly cool on the inside. They don't cook it to death. And you know, just the with the butter and the hot sauce or no hot sauce, just the butter and the lettuce and that soft white bread. What well, that is just a bit of heaven. And of course, you, you know, have beer or you know, soda or water, whatever it is that you drink alongside, and their French fries, which they also fresh cut and pot cook. 
Again, outstanding. And their char-grilled oysters do not sleep. The char-grilled oysters at Casamento's, they are excellent. Again, not cooked to death, not covered in ooey-gooey cheese, just a great balance of Parmesan and garlic and a little bit of butter, and they are hot and really, really nice. And that is my notables. All right. And I promised you I was going to do a little bit of a riff on a pop-up that happened and is happening that I'm not, boy, I don't really like being negative. It's called a sandoichi, which is the Japanese word for sandwich. And they are doing um, a pop-up here in New Orleans. But I want to talk to you about a sandoichi, which is basically a Mrs. Drake sandwich with the crust cut off. It's a white bread sandwich. They some some sandwiches make milk bread. Milk bread is a is a a soft white bread that's a little bit on the sweeter side. Quite frankly, I don't really it doesn't taste all that different to me than a bunny bread. Uh, so you could get yourself some bunny bread Texas uh, toast style, you know, thick cut bunny bread. Trim this trim the crusts off if you so choose, and you know, fill it with whatever you want. Um, the tradition in the Japanese convenience stores is to put a cutlet, either a chicken cutlet or a pork cutlet. And in Japanese, and again, my pronunciation, I'm working on it, but here you go. It's called katsu, right? Katsu. But that's the short version. So some people call the sandwichi a sando, right? Because that's just hip to say sando and the katsu sando. So what you're really eating is katsu. That's the shortened form for the word katsuretsu which is, sounds like, if you listen carefully, to the, like the word cutlet, because that's what it is. It's a cutlet. So you get the katsuretsu sandoichi, which, or the katsu sando, as many people call it, or, and that can be a pork cutlet or a chicken cutlet, or you get egg salad made with QP mayonnaise. QP mayonnaise is an Asian mayonnaise. It comes in a squishy bottle. It's very delicious mayonnaise probably because it has MSG in it. And MSG isn't a horror story, folks. It, it, it's just one of those things that makes you, it makes your mouth water. Uh, it's a chemical. Some people have a reaction to MSG. Some people do not. But it's like um, many years ago, there used to be a product called Accent that you would put on uh, meats and so on to tenderize. And also it, it adds a certain amount of um, a mouth-watering quality to it. So a sandwichi is a sandwich. It's a white bread sandwich with the crust cut off that they charge crazy amount of money for. And I just not here for that. And I think it's trendy and I think it's in, oh, fine, whatever. The first guy or person locally here in New Orleans who had it on the menu was Chef Todd Polsonelli. When he had Warbucks, he had one of these sandwiches on that menu. He now has it on the menu at Chloe. So it's a very, it's a little more elegant. Uh, it is a pork cutlet on nicely house-made white bread that crusts cut off with a little bit of coleslaw. That's sort of also part of the um, trend and part of the thing. And, you know, why do the Japanese do these sandwiches? Well, their convenience store foods are really neat. I mean, they ramp it up. Their 7-Eleven does a lot of incredible collaborations. And I wish our convenience stores did more fun and well-made uh, convenience foods. Because I think that there's a lot, I think convenience foods can be a lot of fun. You know, I mean, you know, maybe not the most nutritious or healthy, 
but you know what? It's okay. Not everything has to be an education. Not everything has to be nutritious. You can just eat crap and it's okay. Um, so this pop-up that's in town, uh, you can support it if you want to, but I think you should support a local restaurant. Sorry guys. I do think you should support a local restaurant. And if you ask me, we already have a, a sandwichy place. It's called Turkey and the Wolf and, or a Mrs. Drake sandwich or any place that you can get a really, or Casamentos, which has an oyster sandwichy. Or let me put this in your brain. If you go to Jazz Fest and you get that pork chop sandwich from Miss Linda Green, it's that bone-in fried pork chop. What does it come in? A piece of white bread. So is a sandwichy has been around quite a long time because we know the fried pork chop sandwich has been around a long time. And we know sandwiches have been around a long time. And we know the word sandwich comes, well, mythologically comes from the Earl of Sandwich. So, so this sando ichi, the sando craze is a Japanese thing that is an interpretation of an American food. And while I would never tell people not to go someplace, because that's not cool, what I would tell you is support your local New Orleans restaurants first. And if you have extra and you want to do it, great, rock on. I'm going to spend my money here. And with that, I have to say it's time. In fact, my stomach is rumbling. And it's time, folks, to let's eat. See you soon.